0: Pam Maldonado joins us, betting analyst for Yahoo Sportsbook, a friend of the show. We always love talking to her, even when she's sick. Hopefully, you're feeling better this time. I still can't believe you did the show with us that one time. It's like she's with in a, a hotel. fever of 102. Yeah, she's well traveled. She's, Where you at? Where you she's at? all over the place. A Palmer invitational, John Rom's the favorite, plus 650. Now, I am not the grass expert like Trista is, but I do know that John Rahm is not great on Bermuda grass. I can't even pronounce the other types of grass that they had in Hawaii, I leave that up to Trista. Do we factor that in at all for a guy that has been absolutely on fire to start the season?
1: Um, Not really, because when it comes to John Rahm, it may be that Bermuda grass is not his best surface, but he's still a positive putter on these greens. So his base for this is still better than most people's best, so I'm 100% counting John Rahm in this scenario because I mean his odds suck for a top 20 and top 10. You're not getting good odds for an outright. You're getting seven to one. But if there is one player on tour right now that you're going to lay that with, it's going to be Rahm. You mentioned it. He's on fire, and I am not going against him. He can do no wrong right now. So I do like John Rahm this week as one of my one of my players who
2: could win outright. He he can do no wrong, as they say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was borderline dad joke right there. Woo.
2: Oh, man. Okay, so break down this golf course. Tell me about Bay Hill. What do you think are the most important attributes in golfers when you're looking at outrights outside of just the top players in the world like Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm to win? Mm-hmm. So
1: it's a par 72. Bay Hill is a par 72. It's 7,500 yards, which automatically you want to think bombers off the tee. However, there's dog legs. It's a water hazards left and right, lining up the green, the fairways, the greens. There's a lot of windy conditions. The rough is really thick. So I am at more – because of that, this can be a less-than-driver course. So I'm not really looking at off-the-tee stats. I'm more so interested in players who can hit solid with their second shots, their iron play. Um, what's interesting about this course is that the par threes, they are really long. They are the longest of non-major courses on tour. All the par threes are averaging about 200 yards. So I need somebody who is good with their iron play, especially those long irons. Somebody who can play positional golf, has experience on Bermuda grass greens, and course history. There's an extensive course history list of players who have been here plenty of times. So that's going to weigh a factor for this week as well at the Arnold Palmer.
0: I got a nice little boost all right, Rory McIlroy and John Rahm plus three thirty to finish top twenty in day one. I felt very good about that. I I was I was shocked to be able to find it. I jumped on it as soon as I could. McIlroy's had success in this tournament as well. What do you, th- what do you like for his chances? Maybe not winning outright, but where do you think you could see him finish? And what a solid bet is there for him? For Rory, yeah,
1: um, I want to back. I would like to back
0: Rory McIlroy.
1: He's been one of the players that I've been going to week after week but he is just not meeting my expectations. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Um, He is somebody who typically is a solid putter. He has a solid short game, but he is just like hemorrhaging red numbers when it comes to his putting game. He lost three strokes in the Phoenix Open. He lost five strokes in the Genesis Invitational. And we saw a bit of this last year when we saw uh, John Rahm, who was also struggling with his putter he's bringing it back into form and that's why he's been crushing so can rory get back to where he could be absolutely could this be the course that he gets it done yes because he's been here as often or most compared to everyone else in the field and has good history but it's just not proven to me as of yet um when it comes to that putter it's the most volatile stat line that you can use in the pga but until i see something even just like just barely lose instead of like really lose strokes when it comes to putting then I'll want to back Rory but his odds are so short and John Rom is playing so well that if I had to pick between the both of them I'm going to Rom.
2: what about top fives top tens I was looking at this uh, six of the past eight winners at Bay Hill have recorded a top five finish already in a previous season some people really like Victor Hovland what are your thoughts on him and how his game sort of matches this course well,
1: I'm baiting Hovland in a head-to-head matchup with Jason Day, so I'm not high on Hovland for this week. There's a lot of players here who do really well on Bermuda grass greens. There's a lot of players who have a really good short game, and you're going to miss these greens. Um, the fairway is going to be really thick to get out of. He's not one of the best scramblers. He's terrible when it comes to the short game, and I'm backing Jason Day against ahead. head. Because Jason Day has won this event back in the day and I mean he is fourth in the strokes gained ball striking. He's having himself a phenomenal season Um, in top 20 accuracy off the tee or talking about positional golf. Jason Day can do that but you're looking at Victor Hovland who yes even though is one of the better ball strikers on tour, his short game is severely lax here. He lost strokes around the green and or putting in all four of his PGA events that he's played so far this year and Bermuda grass is his worst putting surface. Now he did get a T two last year, but looking at his more recent, and I mean super recent, last twenty four rounds, I'm not interested in what Hovland has to bring at the moment. And to me, in a head to head matchup, Jason Day is the better player.
0: This is what I love. We have plays we like. Pam's gonna be like, Nah, don't do it. No, yeah, I love yes that. No, I, no, love I that. absolutely want that. That's the. What about Will Zalatoris? He's had what seventeen top ten finishes since 2020. Had some, and what they, you know things that are considered difficult courses, Riviera, Pines, places like that. He's 22-1 to 1 to win. Yes or no?
1: I love Willie Z. My boy Willie Z. I say it every week. I want him to win. I'm probably his biggest fan. And, yes, he's coming off a fourth-place finish at, finish at the Genesis Invitational. The problem that Will Zell Torres has always had um, is his putting, but he's actually gained strokes in four straight tournaments. He is now – A good putter, but it comes with saying like when it comes to Zalatoris, I don't really, I don't really ever love backing him in the outright market. I would much rather take him in the top ten, top five because we've seen him. He gets into these, you know, playoff situations and it doesn't come to fruition, and the putting all of a sudden comes back and it becomes stressful. So why do that to yourself? Just back him in the top five market. He's not on my list this week um, just because he doesn't have the course history and Bermuda grass is not his best surface. This was Atlanta all day. But, um, I mean, yeah, if you do want to back him, I would rather take him in the top five market instead of an
2: outright. good stuff. Who else would you fade? I think that's really important. Not just who to take outright, but who do you fade? And also, if you have any other matchups that you like, let us know. Well, that was the only matchup. I, once I
1: start a little winning streak with my match with anything, I kind of really try to be precise. And so this week I only have one head-to-head matchup because I'm trying to keep that winning streak going. Right. 3-0, I only do one each week. So I'd like to go 4-0 and and keep that going. Um, but for fading players, I'm more interested in backing players. And Terrell Hatton is somebody um, that I've been on high in 2023. I backed him a couple of times in the top 20 market. He's done me solid. You're getting plus 160 for him to finish in the top 20 his odds to win are 33 to 1 he's coming off t40 at the genesis and that doesn't seem too intriguing but he did actually win this tournament back in 2020 and he took t2 in this event last year so he's gained six strokes with his iron shots which is one of his worst suits part of his game in phoenix so i feel like he can build that momentum with his off the tee game he is now um i mean his putting He's, not, he's one of those team no putt players, but Bermuda is his best surface, so you're getting – he's top 20 in the field for putting on these types of greens, so you're getting plus money for him to finish in the top 20. I love me some Terrell Hatton, and for one of my longest shots, uh, another longer shot is Chris, Chris Kirk. He is – he just came off a win last week in the Honda Classic, and so people don't like to back players who are coming off a win. I see it another perspective of why not? You're coming into this with confidence. He has high familiarity with this course. Um, he is the sixth most recorded rounds out of anyone in the field. And yes, he just came off a win, but his iron play, his ball striking right now is so elite, so on par with what he's capable of doing. And in his last four rounds, last four tournaments that he's played here at Bay Hill, he has four top twenty finishes. Kirk even took T eight in twenty twenty one. He took T five in this event last year. So maybe if you don't want to back him fifty five to one, which is a solid number since he just came off a win, then definitely back him in like the top ten market. You're getting the plus three seventy five for that. I love Chris Kirk this week. I like looking like I say, look at every single player and whether they won a tournament recently, won this tournament last year like Scotty Shuffler, that doesn't matter to me. I'm looking at what are you doing for me right now, and there's plenty of players that are capable this week, including
2: Chris I, Kirk. I know that you have Jason Day in the matchup, but do you like him to maybe squeak out a win here? I mean, he's plus 28, 2,800.
1: Oh, shop around because you can get 33-1, to 1, which is what wow. I grabbed, and I love me some Jason Day. Um, Yeah, he's playing some phenomenal golf this year. He has four top 20 finishes, three of which are in the top 10. He took fifth place at the Phoenix. What I love about Jason Day is I'm talking about how I like iron play to be one of the benef- one of the factors here at this course, but he already has such a solid short game. He's one of the best putters that are in the field. He's gained strokes putting in four straight, Combine that with his ball striking ability. He's top five in scrambling, which matters because this rough is pretty thick. And more importantly, like these are the longest par threes that you're going to see on tour that are uh, on a non-major course. He's top 10 on scoring on these par threes that are at least 200 yards long. And he won this event back in 2016. He's playing some of his best golf. And more importantly, Jason Day is third in, third in the field in strokes gained total on the year. The only two players that are ahead of him are John Rahm and Chris Kirk. Both of those players already have a title under their belt, so I think Jason Day, if he's not going to win this tournament, a win is on the way for him.
0: Talking to Pam Maldonado, can't let you go without at least sneaking in a couple of NFL questions with you because the NFL is year-round, as we know, and the draft is coming up, and it's lying season. And I know people are going to throw out whatever narratives they want to agents and organizations. We've got the combine going on, and guys' stocks can rise and fall. Is there anything right now, whether it's a player and where they're going to get drafted, or a team and the, the, the position they're going to go with, because we can find all that stuff on various markets, is there anything right now that you're comfortable with amid all the chaos?
1: Um, I'm interested in backing Bryce Young maybe to be the number one overall draft pick. Um, I mean, if you look at the combine, I mean, he's kind of, he's put on a little bit of size since we last saw him in college. And, I mean, I'm super impressed with what he's with what he's done as a quarterback. I, he's always been the player that I would trust to have ex, uh, immediate success in the NFL as opposed to let, let him sit behind somebody, learn a little bit, wait a couple of years. I believe that he has the ability to jump into a game right now and, get, and be a playmaker right out of the bat. So I know that people are interested in Anthony Richardson. Those odds are kind of insane (laughs) with that whole storyline. But I'm absolutely more interested in backing Bryce Young as the number one overall draft pick.
2: Pam, uh, back on Bryce Young, because we had somebody on a little bit earlier from uh, Pro Football Focus, and he thought Carolina actually could sneak up and – trade up for that number one draft pick if they were to get somebody like Bryce Young or Bryce Young specifically how do you think that impacts Carolina's future
1: I will I was actually really high on Carolina to begin with I think they have a really solid foundation there on that defense so all their to me and there's a lot of young playmakers too so they have room to grow and they have the cap space they have the draft picks so if they can just get a quarterback in a division that's kind of pretty wide open. I mean, the Panthers all the way could be your sleeper pick for the 2023 season. And if you can land a player like a solid quarterback like Young, Absolutely, he may not be the mobile quarterback that we are seeing has success in the NFL, but he has the ability to, and we saw it in his game against Auburn. he had only 48 rushing yards, but what mattered with Young was that he rushed at the exact moments that mattered most, the pressured situations. So he was very specific in how he utilized his rushing ability, which means it can be transformed and translate into having a little bit more of an ability, a mobile ability in the NFL. So yeah, huge, 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 super interested to see what Warren Sharp has to put in his book, and maybe 2023 is the season to back the Panthers as a sleeper pick.
2: Yeah, I like Man,
0: that. The, uh, when it comes to quarterbacks, it is a never-ending saga. Whether they're not even drafted yet or they've been in the league for 23 years and maybe Tom Brady still comes back. Whole other conversation. For yes, there is a chance. It's
2: not we'll happening. We'll talk
0: about this next time, Pam. I it's still happening. believe he's coming back. Paperwork has Pam been Alden signed. <laughs> could talk. Thanks, Pam. Thanks, Pam.
2: Thanks, Pam. Have a good one, It is crazy. It's He's crazy. done interviews
0: and he's still left it open and talked about uncertainty in the future. There's no answer. I'm telling you. Oh, you know, for, Scott, write this down. We were having this conversation at some point. Okay.